Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we have a great question. The question is, can women biblically hold the position as a pastor? That's an issue in these days. It didn't seem to be a big issue uh, until more recent times. But let's discuss this uh, biblically, culturally, historically. And I, well, I think, I think you have to look at every one of those to come to the conclusion of why women are in the pulpit today. Yeah, I, I try to find a, I try to be soft and gentle, <laughs> but stand. Now, Johnny stands. He's at the stander, and I'm the guy that's trying to be Mr. B- dance yeah. around the issues. Yeah, you know. yeah, you're, you're the uh, you're the mob. You need me, man. I'm, I'm black and white, and you're the mob. <laughs> you, you put the soft black shirt, t- gray shirt, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You are listening to According to John. I am your host, John Westfall. This is my partner, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. Why do we love each other so much, John? I don't even know, man, but it is so funny. If I would have done this podcast by myself, I would try to find the softer side, but that's really difficult for me. So having having you here is going to help out a great deal. (laughs) Okay. You'll be my backbone, right? I'm going to, that's exactly right. I will, I will, uh, uh, Yep. <laughs> we are not here to make enemies. We're really not. I really don't want to make enemies. I just want to teach truth. Yeah. The problem I have, and again, it goes back to, I tell people all the time, I really stink at wrapping gifts, but I give great gifts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just the, the wrap looks horrible. Yeah, how about a brown paper bag and a... Oh, dude, I'll throw it in a... a I'll rope. wrap it in a blanket. Yeah, and a rope. Duct you know, tape and a garbage bag. Guys don't care. Women like everything to be pretty. Right. So. And, and my, my thing is when the unwrapping's done, it just gets thrown away anyway. Who gives a rip? <laughs> they, all they care about is the package, right? So for John, me. John, you're beating around the bush here, bro. <laughs> so for me, I just give, I just give the package. <laughs> Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to get started. We're going to answer this question and another question that I'm going to throw in there just for the, the fun, fun of it. it. <laughs> pray johnny dear heavenly father lord we thank you we love you father thank you for this time this hour that we have father to teach your word i pray that you give us clarity and thought and speech and father you give everyone here clarity in listening father use us in great ways and father may your word abound uh, not just here today but uh on and on and on forever it's in jesus name we pray amen amen if we look at the scriptures in First Timothy chapter three verse one, let me give an insight first. Okay, okay give it here insight. we go. Go ahead. I'm going to beat around this bush for just one second, Charlie. The power, God's Holy Spirit, which I think all of us want. We want it in our lives. We want it in our church. We Absolutely. want it for our kids. The power uh, of the Spirit flows through the power lines. You know, electrical power goes through the lines, and then you have to plug into the receptacle. Keep that in mind. The power of the Holy Spirit will always go in accordance to his word. That is a great point because if man goes contrary to the word of God, he's on his own. own. You cannot say, God told me to do something that goes contrary to the word. I will give you a beautiful example. And this is going to be another question. Come on, man. <laughs> and we'll answer, we'll answer both of them as we go through this okay. because it's really important. For example, can a divorced man hold the office 
of a pastor? Well, I think uh, when we come right up to what the scriptures say, uh, it'll be clear what the scriptures say. I, I think it will. I don't do that to put men down who've been in that position. I know people who hold to the same position that I hold to and would say no, but they have a bad disposition. Mm-hmm. When I stand before God, I'm going to give a, we're going to give account of our position. Did we stay biblical or did we right. compromise? Right. Bible says in Galatians 1.10, I think it is, uh, for if I uh, pleased men, I would not be a servant of Christ. God's word will be opened and I will be held accountable, especially as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did I stay biblical or did I kind of pick and choose? And, well, that one's not culturally acceptable. So I'll kind of lay that aside because it'll give me a broader audience, you know. So right. every man of God is going to stand and give account on that. And, and so we're not here to raise up, put down. I know nope. people who do not hold my position who are godly. Right. I know people who don't hold it, who are godly, who do hold it, that are not godly. And it's going to be very important that we're godly. So I want to have the biblical position, and I want to have the right disposition. And I uh, need a lot of help to, to get it. Yeah. <laughs> the position part, I think, is, is much simpler. Well, it, I think it is. And, and we're going to look at First Timothy chapter 3. And, and again, this isn't to slam anyone. This, this, this is just to discuss the This isn't your opinion here. This is what God said. Yeah, and when I'm asked a question, I, as a matter of fact, I had what started this one was there was a rally that was being held uh, down at the Capitol. Well, the lead speaker was a female pastor. And so he came to me and he said, uh, Pastor John, can, can women be pastors? And I said, well, biblically, no, that's the short answer of it. But what you said earlier, you know, we're going to talk culture and history and all that because I think all that plays a huge part in why it, why it, we it have what we have today, why that why there even is a controversy today. We'll, right. we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, I gave him the short answer, which was no. And again, this isn't to make people mad because I know there's some are like, oh, I'm a pastor and God called me, and okay, that's between you and God. I'm not. I don't stand in your shoes. No, I'm just answering a question that was asked. That's all we are doing. We're answering a question. So biblically, this is what the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. Now, we could go, well, man and he would is a generic or a neutral gender. I would say, okay, except for the context. You have to look at the context. You can't take one verse and run with it. You have to look at the context of the passage. Also, you have to look at... What was the author's intent? I just say, what did God say? And God knows grammar. In in English, you have male or female gender. In the Greek, you have three genders. You have male, uh, female, and neutral. And neutral or neuter. Neuter gender. Uh, And we basically don't carry gender except pronouns, his, her, she, he, etc. But in the Greek language, lots of uh, words carry gender. Most words carry gender. We see that in Spanish, you know. The is la in feminine and el in, in, uh, in masculine. And the Greek language is a really great language. That's probably why God chose it to write the New Testament in. It's very explicit. And this right. is in the masculine gender. If a man desires, a, he desires a, a good work. He well, must be the husband of one wife. Well, and there you go. That Simple. clarifies it in verse 2. A bishop then must be blameless. The husband of one wife. Well, listen, we very clear. We know, according to scripture, that the husband, the man, 
leaves his mother and father, and the wife, the woman, leaves her mother and father, and they cleave one to another. I mean, it's and these two shall be one. One. That's and God's plan. It's, it's so simple. So when we see here that a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of, of one wife, it's very clear that the position is for the man. Yeah. Go ahead, and you're so good at putting it in the bigger context. You know, it's like, this isn't the only qualification to be a pastor. There's right. a whole bunch. There's of a them. whole bunch of them. So it says a bishop then must be blameless. But this was the first one. Isn't that interesting? I'm just saying. Love it. Mr. Wimp is not so wimpy today. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a roll, John. I've been You're hanging out with you. You have too much coffee. <laughs> just stay in it. So blameless, the husband of one wife. By the way, take us to the next question that we're going to answer in this podcast. Can a divorced man hold the position? And some will say that this means husband of one wife at a time. But if we look at the context, the context answers that question as well. So anyway, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well having his children in submission with all reverence. So we see, or if a man, well, I know in verse five, but five, I want to skip just for a second. I'm going to go to six because six still lists. Sure. Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, verse seven, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So now we see all the listings that the man must be the qualification for him to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. All right. Doesn't mean he's perfect, but it sure means that he's got control of himself, his home, his family, his marriage. Uh, as a matter of fact, I met a gentleman when you and I went to a Davis College out in Binghamton. You were off talking to someone and I was off talking to someone and I met this guy for the first time and we were talking and he brought some stuff up about the Bible and being in context. Well, I didn't know who he was. And I said, well, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm in. I love the context. I said, that's like talks about can women be pastors or can divorced men be pastors? And I said, you know, if you look at the context, no, they can't. And he said, <laughs> I'm a divorced man and I'm a pastor. I don't stand in your shoes when I stand before God and I love you. I pray for you. I won't break fellowship with you. But, but he broke. I, but he broke fellowship with me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because I disagreed with him. I'm like, man, you know, we were having great conversation up to the point you didn't like where I yeah, stood. Cancel culture reads over into the church, which is really sad. The reason I told him I, I didn't believe that it was one wife at a time and that a divorced man couldn't hold office is because number one, how can he teach on the passage of divorce? Uh, how do you justify where you're at and tell someone they can't go there? We are almost quoting verse five, so go ahead and do it here. So in verse five, it says, for if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God or the house of God? Listen, if you can't keep your own house in order, how are you going to keep the house of God in order? It's a high, high standard that God has set. The pastor, it's very clear, he's, it's masculine gender, and that he is successful at marriage, he's successful at parenting. Not perfect. Not perfect. Successful. But that he's an example. That's all. And if you can't be an example, uh, then you're not. 
qualified. That's scary. I, that was scary for me to have kids. <laughs> it was scary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because well, because else, you realize you realize the load, the pressure, and the load that goes with it. Because you you got to keep your house well. Plus, you got to teach your children, and then the children are a direct reflection of you. And if your children are rebellious, how do you handle that? And it's, it's a full plate. Yeah, it is. This is such a huge controversy. And I just like to go on record here. I have friends that are in ministry who have been divorced. I don't make it a point of fellowship or I, I wouldn't have either. He, uh, he yeah, just, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't right. make it a point. Right. I know women who are in pastoral roles are not usually in conservative uh, new Testament evangelical right. churches. Like I, I run in that the circle that I run in, I've seen some of them that are some gals that are just really good at, at what they do. Oh my goodness. Kind. That, listen, uh, there are some women I would much rather hear speak than some men. I've actually had two women in my church rise up and step into pastoral roles. <laughs> Obviously not in your church, though. not in my church, but they are from my church and they got so fired up about Jesus and love, and they preach pretty much the same thing I do on everything else. They didn't invite me to the ordination ceremony. And well, because I, but that's out of respect. They knew where you stand. Yeah, they know where I stand, and I love them, and I right. would do sure. nothing to hurt them. But I, I can't say, oh, I, yeah, that's great, because I love you, and so I'll pretend that God didn't speak on that topic. So All I right. want to come across, I, I still, I'm a nice guy. But I'm going to wear my shoes when I stand before God on this issue, and I would not support them to be right. in a pastoral role. I would not recommend it. I would not recommend it to any church. But I want to. We'll get into the the historical part. We're hitting the theological part first. Can't go past anything else till we establish the truth, which is the Word of God. But you said an interesting point that I think covers the majority of the problem that we have with today and our culture and society. And that is, you won't choose love over the scriptures. I love you, but the word of God says this. And what we find, or what I think we find, I feel like what was happening is, I mean, I have to go to the homosexual agenda. I have family who never agreed with it and they think it's wrong and still think it's wrong to this day. But because their son comes out as homosexual, now they hate on anyone that says it's wrong and they support their son. Even if they don't agree with it, they support their son because they love him and they're Christian or they claim to be Christian, but yet they'll stand with their son because they love him over the scriptures. Well, should you not love God more than man? Yeah. The man's not willing to leave his father and mother and his children. Yeah. So you said, I wasn't invited to the ordination. I love you, but I won't stand for you. My love for you is not greater than my love for God. So I have to stand with God through that because I don't want God to look at me and said, you knew what the scriptures said and you followed them. The reason we have female pastors, and I'm going to hand it back to you on this, uh, but the reason we have female pastors and divorced pastors and just messed up churches is because man is constantly seeking after what he wants rather than what God says. I had a, a friend of mine. Uh, we were out ha eating ice cream. I love him. Let's love him to this day. We were talking and he said, I think God's calling me into the pastorate. And I said, uh, God's not calling you into the pastorate. Because one of the things that you and I discussed is if it goes contrary to the word of God, then God's not leading you. You cannot go opposite of what God says. And so I said, God's not calling you into the pastorate. And he said, how can you say that? 
I said, well, it's real easy. You're divorced. And first Timothy says, if you can't keep your own house, how are you going to keep the house of God? And then his response was this, because Paul wrote first Timothy to explain to him what the church should look like. And then he said this, well, what if Paul was wrong? Yikes. There's the heart of the problem right there. And uh, he's right. Paul's wrong. No, God's wrong because it wasn't Paul. Uh, it was God. That said it was it. God that told him. Yeah. It was God that said it through Paul, and God's not going to speak through him opposite of what God said before. But I think I think our culture has created such – I mean, look, dude, you can be ordained for $63, for goodness sake, man. You and I, we, we I had to – I think the price is down on that now. You can mail in for I think it's twenty nine ninety five. Oh, my God. So you got to shop, Johnny. <laughs> Amazon.com. <laughs> But I think that's the problem is is I don't shop. That's the problem. God said it. It's settled. But man is so desirous of what he wants that he's not willing to listen to God or she is not willing to listen to God. I think somebody like that has a desire to glorify God, but they got to just realize that I'm going to glorify God through God's boundaries. God has set the boundaries, not us. The power the real power for a man that's divorced is going to be where God wants him to be. He can be right. in ministry in sure. many different oh aspects, yeah. just not the bishop, not right. the lead pastor. He could be a, I think he could be a staff a person in the church and be powerful Bible teacher. Scriptures say the elder, bishop, or pastor, or there's a, there, that's a biblical qualification. And I stand upon that. I always have our church right. stands. We don't do it to be mean. We don't do it, to, but we want to honor God. I think if people see their heart, they realize that we're not hate mongrels. We just stand on the word of God. I'm going to wear my shoes before God and give account. But, you know, in today's culture that is kind of walked away from God, if it feels good, we do it. And then we just try to do our thing and then bring God into it and ask him to bless our plans. That's not how it works. Right. God's the boss. Right. He's laid it out. So I think we should jump into the kind of the historical thing on, yeah, roll on, with it, on how it all goes. First of all, when God saw a man alone, he said, this is not good. You know, in the creation story, God creates this, it is good, it is good. I think it's six or seven times it says, it is good. And then he sees Adam alone and says, it is not good that man should be alone. For this cause, God will create a help meet for him. So we have women coming into the scene, and now we've got, we've got uh, different roles to play. We have authority issues. Right. Before Eve was created, God was the boss. Adam was subservient to God. I mean, it's a, he's the creation. Here's the creator. It's a no-brainer. Infinite versus finite. And so God created woman, and he set up a, st a structure. Jesus and fa the Father were equal. I and my Father are one. But he submitted himself to the Father. The head of Christ is God the Father. Even though they're equal, he submitted himself. The head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is the man, and the head of the children are the parents. God set the structure up. Right. And the key to this, understanding Western civilization, uh, to understanding American history, to understand why Israel did it the way they did it, why God said this, why did God say this, to be harsh, to wait the latter days, and they want to have women preachers. No, you can't. It's just so, we're just in a culture that is so, so far away from God. So here's, here's that, how. That's the beginning of the problem. Yep, and, and it just fleshes out, and it's in our face today. But it's really simple when you go back. When he made man and woman, he, his purpose was oneness. Say a man is incomplete until he's married, then he's finished. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? He's complete. 
I have blind spots, and my wife loves me so much, she points them out to me. <laughs> I'm making sure okay. she listens to this one. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well have some fun while we're, while we're teaching, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, back to the scriptures and history. When God created marriage, there was a oneness there. And so he held the man responsible to the woman to be subservient, not controlled and overwhelmed and under his arm of authority, but under his under his arm of protection, a rib close to his heart, these two should be one. That's that soft side of you. Yeah. <laughs> under, so, under the arm close to the heart. Yeah, well, it's been around for a while, Johnny. <laughs> you score more points than I do. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Just when pe- smart people say things, write it down and use it. People right. think you're smart. There That's you all go. I do. There you go. I'm so, not even smart enough to write them down. <laughs> <laughs> In the history of Western civilization, as the church whipped paganism and in, in became the official religion of the Roman Empire under Constantine, I'm not sure that was biblical Christianity, but the history of Western civilization was really built on this principle. A man shall leave his father and mother, cleave and his wife. These two shall be one. And the husband represented the family. I tell people, you know, I'm the head of my house, and uh, Joellen's the neck that turns the head. And, you know, I run my own home, and here's how I run it. I find out what she says, and I do that. Right. I do that with some humor, but there's really something there, to There is that. some truth There really to is, because sure. I, lo- I love her. Well, and she's and, and, wicked smart, and, and she wants the best for us. She really is, dude. I mean— I thought she was incredibly intelligent until I sat down and went, why'd she marry Duke? (laughs) But then I also realized God says we all have our weaknesses. (laughs) She was on such a roll. She was like home run, home run. She was the Babe Ruth of home runs. And then she goes, all right, well, you know. In baseball, it's called an error. Right. (laughs) Yeah, and sometimes it's just God's grace smiles yeah. on you, and even even <laughs> Babe Ruth struck out sometimes. Every now and then, so. right? <laughs> the thing with with culture, and that's what you're talking about. God has His order, and we fall in that order, and then we're supposed to become one. But then we have, and again, ladies, I'm not trying to slam anybody anywhere. But then feminism came in, and I say that because there's a lot of women that don't they don't stand for that. Feminism come in where they went, we don't need men. We can do it on our own. We're as good as any man. And I will say this. Yes, you are as good as any man, and in some instances, better. That's not the issue. But that's not the issue. The issue is just simple biblical authority. Exactly. I think a lot of the things that drove feminism was unbiblical Christianity. People, why do you call me Lord, Lord, Jesus said, and do not what I say? You have people, I thought I was a Christian when, when I wasn't a Christian, wasn't a Buddhist, wasn't a Muslim. I, I, I had a certificate. Dookie Herget baptized. You know, I was two weeks old. A man dressed up like a woman. Yeah, you were legit Dookie and, then. Yeah. <laughs> Which in Ebonics means poop. Right. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry about but, that. Much information yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Poopy Herget. <laughs> poopy Dookie. And at that age, you were Poopy Dookie. That's true. It's true. So I thought I was a Christian and I, I wasn't. <laughs> we got to get back to the text, Johnny. Go ahead. You I'm give me in. a couple extra cups of coffee, I'm man. In. I'm, I'm as in. radical as you are. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, when God set it up, these two are one. And right. when you have oneness in a marriage, it's beautiful. And it just works when you have it God's way. So man's going along, and he wants to kind of 
do it his way and drag Jesus into it and drag God along to it. And that's what we're really talking about right. here right. on both of those issues. It yeah. really comes at the core. It's the same issue. But go back to God's model of authority and what follow through the history of Western civilization. Even it's from the roots of Judaism and the elders were men and the elders. Uh, yeah, it's not because women were bad. It's just, that's the way God set it up. Of course, that became the model for the church. The husband be the head of the home, Christ, the head of the church, the head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is the man. So in the new Testament church, it was set up on God's original plan, male leadership. Now, the male leadership that is godly is not independent of women. It is, in a sense, dependent upon women. These two well, are one. And when we would have an elders meeting, get this out and then let me finish this thought yeah. here. We have an elders meeting at our church. We we go over these big issues. I mean, it's just like, are we going to pay the electric bill this month? Yeah, it's a no-brainer. But we have to make decisions on major programs for the church or major uh, facilities for the church or staffing for the church. We, as elder, male elders, uh, we talk about it, and we get the whole male side of it, and we don't take action. We send the guys home on an assignment to have this exact same conversation with your wife because these two are one. So we got like six sets of mar- six women, and they're not on our, our board, but kind of they are because they're married to our elders. And we get the feminine side from the women, and if the women verify our position affirm it and it's like yeah that gives us confidence now if they're divided on it and they bring it to uh, their husbands and then husbands bring it to the board the women are having a significant voice in the direction of our church and it's all based on one it's like the second page of the bible these two shall be one my wife felt a strong part of church leadership although she never went to one board meeting in her life Uh, she knew that she was being represented through me. And when you're doing it God's way, that voice of the women is very strong in the church. And I think because we've lost that and, and men were not leading, or if they were leading, they were leading in a dominant way. Like I'm using the Bible to control you because I'm in authority. But that's, you know, you have position and you have disposition. That's right. And we're going to give account for both. And so I think it was a failure of men doing it God's way, a failure of men being led of the Spirit, full of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance. And then women have to be submitted to ungodly men. That would be terrible. Right. And I will tell you this. There's so much that I run by my wife because I do need the softer side of it. I do need the other side of it. And, and mind you, I said softer, not weaker, because my wife is incredibly strong. And so many women I know are incredibly strong. But again, it's, it is literally about being biblical and following what God says, not about what we want. And when it doesn't operate the way God says, we're okay, the husband's the leader, but yeah, we go and we talk it to over with our wives and we get direction as well, or we get input. So it helps us determine the direction because the truth is this is a church is not just an all men's club. Amen. As a matter of fact, amen. the majority of it is screaming. Women. Amen. Yeah. The majority of it is women and they're doing all they can to get their husband in, in church or yeah. get their husband. So the women, oh my goodness, if you took women out of the church, it would crumble in a heartbeat in a heartbeat. Yeah. But, but again, we're talking position. Women have huge influence and women have a position in the church. It's just, we can't have a, a woman in the, in the pulpit. 
according yeah. to Scripture. Yeah. And then when feminism came along and said, we don't need men, it, it, it started destroying the home. And the reason it destroyed the home, because it starts minimizing men. It beats up on men. If you, matter of fact, if you watch your TV shows, all the men look stupid, all the women look smart, and the children disrespect the dad and i mean you know what i'm saying like that's, that just seems stereotypical yeah, the, yeah, the do, goofy dumb dad yeah the, but that, that wasn't god's plan but the feminist movement that moved in brought men down lifted women up one of the things about america that i've realized over my 53 years america cannot move incrementally left or right it's a whoosh left whoosh right give you a beautiful example uh, i think it was massachusetts i could be wrong but i'm thinking it was massachusetts a kid went into the school and had a pen where you when you hit the pen and you clicked it it made a loud like a firecracker and he put it on his teacher's desk so when the teacher picked it up and went to use it and she hits it it goes bang right nobody got hurt it was just a, it was a joke pen and uh, everybody laughed and then you know what that school eliminated no pens in the church or no, no pens in the school, only pencils. Overreaction. But that's what we do, right? Pendulum swings. So there, listen, there have been issues where women needed to be lifted up more than what they were, but instead of incrementally and doing it proper. Yeah. Correction. Yeah, yeah. Instead of correction, it's just a. It was, it was outside of God's boundary on this way, and they let go, and it swings over to outside of God's boundary exactly. on the other side. Yeah, that's why we have the scriptures, to bring us to, to the right. biblical right. center. Because culture and history have proven over and over and over and over again to overreact or to be offended because we're not getting, who are you to tell me? Well, I'm not telling you. The Word of God is telling you. Breakdown. I don't care what the Word of God says. Breakdown of authority. When you when you don't listen to God, then you just you know just a, a conflict constantly for gaining right. power. Um, I want my voice to be heard, and no, I want God's voice to be heard. I don't need. I, I, I want I want my voice to be God's voice. I want to die to what I think and be full of Him. You know, we take this topic we see in the beginning. These two shall be one. And that's the history of the nation of Israel, the Judeo system. It was it was male leadership with equality, yeah, but male yeah. leadership. And then in the New Testament church, it was equality, but male leadership. Well, my pastor used to always say, "Anything with no head is dead, and anything with two heads is a monster." Yeah, yeah, that, that, amen. I've heard that, and I I think there's a lot of truth. to I that. I think there's a lot of truth to that because if you got two people that are equal in authority and they disagree, the boat stops. Yeah, and then when they disagree, God's plan is that he who is in authority makes the decision in humility, Yep. and the one in submission follows it, and if the one who made the decision in authority is wrong, God will correct it. Mm -hmm. And my wife says, I don't see it your way, but we've talked it over. I know you love me. You've listened to me. I don't agree with what you... We haven't connected, which we 99% of the time do. She oh, goes, yeah. so she goes, I'm just going to submit myself to, to this decision that you make. I'm going to support it. And I'm going to pray that if I'm wrong, God will beat you in the head. <laughs> so my, here's what Sherry does. Sherry will say, uh, if we have a discussion, but 99% of the time we're always on the same page, but she'll say this. She'll say, I don't agree with you. And here's what I know. God will hold you accountable. That's what, yeah, that's that's it. But because she understands authority, she understands authority. She knows God will kick your butt if yes. you're wrong. Yes. But I'll tell you, when you're not wrong, and God affirms the decision in such a sweet, wonderful way that only He can do, 
And then the wives say, wow, I didn't see that, but my husband did. And boy, God clarified it to our wives that we led them the right way. And then that, that unity just gets stronger. So that controversy became an opportunity for unity to get stronger. And, dude, what a, and it builds trust, uh, it builds understanding. I had a meeting with a couple who they had to make some big moves and uh, a lot going on. And, you know, women want security. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, they're designed to have security, right? Now, the men, we're, we're kind of like, woohoo, you want know. adventure. Yeah, we want adventure. <laughs> but the women are like, that's fine. You can have all the adventure you want as long as my security's in place. Pay the bills, <laughs> give me a place to stay. One of the issues was in the process of moving and making all these decisions, they didn't know where they were going to go to church, where the kids were going to go to school, where she was going to work. You know, they, they know where he's going to work, but some things are going to change in, in the process. And so buying a house just wasn't the smartest thing to do, moving into a brand new state, brand new area. And, and he said, uh, I think we need to rent until we figure exactly what we're going to do. And she was like, no, we need to buy a house. I don't want to move again. I want security. Like I'm using her words. I want security, so on and so forth. That was the whole issue why they wanted to meet with me and we sat down, but I didn't know their discussion. They were just telling me what was going on. And I said, well, if you don't mind, I'm just going to tell you wisdom. And I had not known either one's position. That's great. I love to not know. Right. Yeah. I didn't want to <laughs> know. That could just be biblical and I said, uh, if it were me, I would rent because you don't know the schools. And if they go to public school, you want to make sure you're in a good public school. If you're going to send them to private school, at the time, none of them are open for them. So they're not sure, you know, which school they were going to get into. Like all these unanswered questions. And I said, don't buy. You're locked in. Rent until you figure it out. And then you can move and then buy and settle down and you'll have saved yourself a whole lot of headache. And the fact that the husband and I actually processed that and worked through it because the wife, she was just looking at, I don't want to move again. I hate moving and I want security and there's no security in renting and there's no security. And the fact you're going to have to move again. Well, once we sat down and we looked through it all, take the big picture. Yeah. We took the big picture. And when she started seeing the big picture, what, what happened was it was like, wow, I can take my husband's hand because he's because he in. was submissive to God. Uh, there's safety in a multitude of counselors. He got somebody in who was neutral, wasn't going to side with him or side with her, going to give a biblical principle, make sure they're lining up with biblical principle. And it became clear. Yep. They sought and they found, and she got the peace and security that she needed. Her security is not going to come in owning or renting or security is going to come in a good relationship with her husband. And so the coolest part is they're sitting there holding hands mm -hmm. and right. They're holding yeah. hands and she keeps looking over at him like, okay, I'm, I'm with you. And it was the sweetest thing to see the two come together. All they had to do was discuss it. And one had to be willing to surrender their position. Yeah. Not because they lost, but because they actually gain more wisdom, more understanding. See, they, they saw the bigger picture and went, oh, okay. And the surrender is not to her husband. Her surrender is to Jesus. That's, ultimately, that's where the surrender is. And the sweetness comes. Yes. The sweetness, the joy. It is like, yes. oh, i got to submit to that. that that's, that's harsh. It's like so totally missing it. Get back to God's original intent. Yeah. So what happened was ultimately she submitted to her husband, but... The reality is she submitted to understanding, 
And she submitted to God's design. And she saw that her husband was submitted to God. Yeah. Because he took a risk not getting his own way by pulling in a counselor. Mm-hmm. And that's humility. Yeah, because nowadays that could be a 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> and God gives grace to the right. humble. Yeah. And that was humility on his part. And they were both so humble. Yeah. I, I will tell you this. It was so sweet to see the humility in both of them. He didn't go, yeah, I was right. Uh, She's like, wow, I see the bigger picture now, and I'm with you. And he was, thank you, Jesus. Like, that was the humility. I've lived through that in the early days of of my pastorate, early days of my marriage. I was only saved a year, became a pastor. Joellen was saved one year when she met me, two years when she married me. In three years, she was a pastor's wife. And she's been a pastor's wife now for 42 years. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, uh, being a pastor's wife is not easy at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she'll say amen to that. So it's will my so wife. <laughs> right. But I remember we were there, and I did exactly the same thing. I said, look, we're talking about it, and, and I'm listening to you, but we haven't landed on the same thing yet, and I don't want to make the wrong decision. Right. There's safety and multitude of counselors. Let's call Pastor Standridge my pastor in Ohio, and he was like my dad. And we wisely would not tell pastor who, who was where, who was where. Yeah. We'd just say, I'd have her even explain it. We'd write out, say, well, you know, one of us uh, feels this and one of us feels that, and we're not quite sure what are your thoughts. And then I just said, look, whatever he goes with, I'll go with, because he loves us and he's very wise. But, but the, comfort, the comfort of trusting and love. Yeah, yeah. And she was, she knew I was seeking her very best. Yep. And I knew that she would be submissive to me either way, but I wanted to be submissive with confidence. I don't want to be a control freak. Right. You know, I'm the man. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. He works in kindness and humility. Listen, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that I won't do until I see the way God moves Sherry. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I, I wait. I wait to see how he moves her, and then I'm like, okay. Because I know she's right with God. Don't you find the longer you're in the ministry, the more important she becomes to you? Oh, my goodness. It's a beautiful thing. It is. There's so many times. Keeps us out of some trouble, don't it? It, it does. And there, there are times where, where my wife will feel like I don't listen to her. and that, That's probably my fault. But the reality is, and I tell her all the time, I'm like, are you kidding me? Why do you think I talk to you about certain things? I mean, if it's a minuscule decision, we just make it. But if there's other things, I'll discuss with her, and then I'll see where she's at, and it will legitimately change where I stand. Yeah, and that's how the Holy Spirit works, through authority with unity. And that same Judeo-Christian thing that he set up in Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and then, of course, the fall brought in complications to authority. You know, right. Adam's blaming Eve, the woman that you gave me, blaming and God. God. And so we got some problems. I that, still laugh at that. We got to face. <laughs> we got to face these things. And then that same foundation of oneness was the foundation of the Israeli society under the law. It was the foundation of the church, uh, male leadership, with inequality. And when America came into existence, you know, uh, 15, 16, 17, 800 years later, uh, that same thinking was there. Uh, originally, that women didn't have the right to vote, but that wasn't a suppression of the American men. In those no, it was the House. Women. The whole the house, house voted through the husband. Yeah, that was one family vote. These two are one, and I'm all for women voting. Absolutely. And I'm glad that the women's suffrage movement it was successful, but it wasn't that they were trying to oppress women. Right. 
And of course, the pendulum is swinging away from God's authority, and then it gets more complicated. And then you and now you have a house where one votes for one candidate, the other votes for the other candidate, and they just they just killed their house, neutral neutralized. Yeah, they no, they no literally just yeah. done. Doesn't, no, voice doesn't, at all. no voice at all. But I'd like to kind of bring it right up to the question and the controversy of, you know, male, female, it's male leadership in the local New Testament church. Likewise, must the deacons be the husband of one wife? So I'm glad you just said that because I wanted to throw this in there to say, likewise, verse 8, First uh, Timothy 3, 8, likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double-tongued, not given much wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with pure conscience. And you say, well, anybody can be a deacon. Well, the word likewise references the the beginnings of the pastorate. And it says, but let these also first be tested. Then let them serve as deacons being found blameless. Likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderous, temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children in their own households well, and then it goes on. So we even see for a deacon in the church, that's leadership. And again, I'm not minimizing women. I'm looking at scripture. But even to have a deacon in the church, the Bible says that they have to be the husband of one wife. They have to be not, not even single men. Same setup as a Garden of Eden. Same setup for the nation of Israel. Same setup for the church. But let me kind of bring the role of women, you know, the world approaches the name. You say women can be passionate. I say, wait a minute, what can women be? I want people, all people to be all that they can be yeah, for the great glory point. of God. The Holy Spirit always works in accordance with the word of God. Absolutely. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will never go contrary never. to God. And so the Holy Spirit moving a godly woman, it doesn't mean she can't have leadership. There's one qualifier for women in the church, one negative. Women are not to usurp authority over men. Amen. Right. That's all. That's it. They're not to use of authority over their husband or, or other men. So we have women in ministry, staff women in our church. Uh, the King James Bible uses the word deaconess in the feminine gender. Where at? Where do you uh, find that? Because I, I know in Romans 16, chapter 16, verse 1 or 2, references Phoebe as a deaconess. But but I have a problem with that because oh, I, I struggle with it too. Trying but, to but, but let me tell you, let me tell you why real quick. And the reason I struggle with that is because we already have the definition and the qualities or the qualifications of a deacon. And, and that God's it, word never contradicts itself. Never contradicts itself. So to say, you know, these are qualities of a deacon that has to be the husband of one wife, then how can we say that Phoebe can qualify as a deacon? She can't. And then to call her a deaconess because she's a female, she still doesn't qualify. The way I, I wrestle with that one, and Baptists have read, wrestled Oh my with goodness, that right, and, and been but hated you know what? for it. <laughs> I don't think the Holy Spirit is trying to throw us a curveball there. The, you know, you have the office of deacon, right? That you just the read. office, yes. And then you have the spirit of a deacon. That that word the deacon. Ser- that, no, that's Phoebe had the there spirit of a deacon. And I think she that's was all a, it is. She was a servant, which allowed her to serve in the church, but not hold the office of a deacon. Yeah, that's. I'm I'm all in. I'm yeah, all in for that. It's because just, that that's the way the scriptures read. You have the law of the spirit, or the law and the spirit. Right. And uh, she had a servant spirit and she was recognized as having oh, it Paul was like man listen she phoebe's rocking and I, you help her i just think in the, in the history and the ministry of our church we have fabulous gifted fruitful women absolutely we, 
We had children's ministry director, Joni Hazelton for many years, and now Heather Fitzsimmons grew up in our church, children's ministry director, gifted. We had a gal, uh, Sherry, who led our worship for 17 years. She was fantastic. And and uh, and then we had uh, Marilyn, who is our, uh, we, we maybe in old days say, uh, secretary, she's so much more than a secretary. Holy cow, she's just like the feminine side of the church operation. She's right. fabulous. But to see the spirit of it is is this. The pastor, the elders, looked out among us who is gifted. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, are these gals gifted. And we chose them, and they surrendered to that, and, and God was working. They were thrilled, and we appointed them. You know, I'm the lead pastor, the bishop, and that I served in daily vacation Bible school and so I would kind of set up, Joni, you're our boss. So I'm sitting up here. We're appointing her to guide this thing. And there's, you know, half the staff are men, and I'm right. one of them. Right, right. So I'm over her and setting up the thing, and then she runs the thing. Oh, man, I could never do that in a million years. That, Too many moving pieces. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. Women have spaghetti brains, and men have their waffle heads. <laughs> and so, so women, and, and the idea behind that is not an insult. It's actually a huge compliment. Men, we deal with blocks. We're like, when we finish this block, we'll move to the next block. When we finish that block, we'll move to the next block. And by the way, men have a nothing block where we just go man, and, man, there's, love that and block. there is nothing and don't mess with our nothing block. And if we're in the nothing block, we can't do anything because of the nothing block. It feels so good. It too. feels so good. Women, they're spaghetti brains. And that means... Dude, they are like this intricate, they can multitask and do so many things. And, and to us, we look at it and go, oh, that's a mess. And to them, there's just like, and they get it all done. It's amazing. God made us different. Huh? God made us different Thank so that God we could that. complete one another. And I'm on board with you on that. I think, uh, listen, there are some women that we have in our church. Dude, I don't know how we could operate without them. I Legit, I really don't know how we could operate without them. That's right. Yeah, we can't. So again, it's, it's not a minimizing of their spiritual gifts and their talents. It's simply saying it's, the Bible says who can hold, hold this office and who can't. That's all it is. You know, when I, I look at this situation where Daily Vacation Bible School, so as lead pastor, bishop, I say we got to have this. This is our outreach. We want to get the very best for our kids. And all the elders like, and we appoint her because she's just got it. She's gifted. Mm-hmm. She she brings everybody together and gives them their job, breaks it down. And then I submit to her. Yeah. She's my boss for Vacation Bible School. Because Pastor, she knows she's do? got it going on. Yeah. It's, Pastor, what do I do now? I don't know, man. I just, I'm just the group leader for the four, five, and six, <laughs> four, fifth, and sixth graders, you know. And uh, I, I'm going from point A to point B. And here's my, here's my little sign, you know. And, I t- and so I'm under her. Right. But you're under her because you and the rest of your staff said, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. She's got it going on. She's not holding an office that's contrary to scripture. Man, let her go. And people don't come to me at Daily Vacation Bible School. They go to her. They go to her because she knows what's happening. That's right. And so it's it's so simple mm-hmm. when you come to the spirit that God intended for authority. I, I look at it and say there's one position. There are actually two, the bishop, bishop, elder, and deacon. That's to be men, men that are equal with their wives, men that are going to them and having that right spirit, but male leadership. Then women under that, we have women's ministry director. We have women ministering to women. The Bible is very clear about that. Older women teaching the younger women, uh, not to usurp authority over men. Now we get into an area that's one of those gray areas, you know, (laughs) 
<laughs> what about how women funny, speakers? How funny we're <laughs> black and gray today. <laughs> We've had uh, people say, well, you know, Sherry's leading our worship, and she's a girl. And I said, yeah, I appointed her. Uh-huh. Male leadership appointed her, and you submit and she's to not, her. Well, and she's not, over, she's not over the men in a position that she's not in an office position. She is in a position that. She had music knowledge up here and ability, and they had it down here. And she, okay, you hit the guitar, you do this part, yeah. you do that. And it all worked out fantastic. Yeah. When she left, because um, I know she she moved closer. Or she she stepped, well, she stepped down after she kind of got burned out. She got burned yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But she's, she's yeah. A, a fabulous. Well, dude, fabulous I, I tried, I tried <laughs> to get her. <laughs> she just, when she stepped down, I tried so to get her. Away. So far away. So far away. Yeah, she was like, man, I'm, I'm like, oh. And so I would I would have loved to have her. Well, we had a couple times uh, in her ministry where some of the some of the men were getting and it had nothing to do with authority in the church. And she was a girl. Just they were musicians can be weird people. No, no, not can <laughs> are and musicians and sound people. Or and she had to she had to oversee all of that. She was unbelievable. But there was a couple guys that kind of rose up, and I found out about it. We had a little meeting. the The bishop, the elder, Pastor Duke, right. shows up, and we had a little talk. Yep. And we put them, and they got it. They got it under authority. There's no male, no female here at all. This is we in male leadership appointed her, and there's no female there. She's the leader. She's the leader uh, because we appointed her to that, and she carries every bit of authority in this music thing that I carry as the bishop, a leader of the church, and it works fantastic. So instead of looking at what women can't do, look at women can, can do. do. And I think women who are empowered to be the women's ministry director, to oversee the children's ministry, to great, oftentimes, worship leaders in the church, they're not usurping authority over men. They're under the authority of, right. of the male leadership. Right. And when, when the male leadership is in, in unity with their wives, and you get in the fullness of gender, uh, representing the direction of the church and the heart of the church, it's a beautiful it's a be- thing. Yeah, I agree with you 10,000%. And women don't feel uh, pushed on. My wife, my wife would never be a part of a church with a, a female pastor. She would feel it's unscriptural. Uh, she loves the the women leadership in in the church in different areas. Uh, I, I don't if I think if it wasn't for women, we'd hardly ever have any banquets, you know. And I mean, right. just, we just it's just a, and they'll put it together and they'll make it happen. And I, I'm going to tell you, man, women. Yeah, the Bible, let me throw this in. Sure, God said, "Let he that be great among you." Mm-hmm. Has nothing to do with the position, right? Let he that be great among you be uh, a servant. Servant. Oh yeah, doulos. A servant. Be a servant. And yep. so now we're getting yep. into the fullness of the of the issue, mm-hmm. the oneness, the unity, male leadership with humility, with brokenness, with tenderness, men stepping up to be men, women stepping up mm-hmm. to be women, to be biblically in a, uh, under authority at home, at church. And God has is not going to hold you all responsible for the decisions in our home. He's going to hold me responsible, right. but he's going to hold me responsible to be tender toward her and have a oneness with her. And if I'm wrong, he's going to beat the crap out of me because he loves her right, <laughs> more than I do. Right. And so when you get the fullness of the spirit in, but, but when everyone understands their position, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, I just, I'm lacking a word here. When everyone understands their position and assumes their job responsibility their responsibilities thank you that's a much better word assumes their responsibilities god is edified and so is the man and the woman yeah 
peace. It's a beautiful thing. It's it's fantastic. It is. And we've seen in our church, we've really not had any real issues over Man, these things through the years. Yeah, we we haven't either. And I'll say this, and we're going to close out with this one. If you go to a church and it's a female pastor or you are the female pastor of a church or your divorced person in the church pastoring a church, listen, I'm not condemning you and neither is Duke. What we're simply saying is, what the Bible says, and now we're all going to be held accountable for what the Bible says. Yeah, and, and like I said, I have I have pastor friends that are in ministry that have been divorced. I want all, all the best for them. Absolutely. Listen. But our church has to make, and I have to give account. That's right. And um, we don't do it in a superiority spirit. We do it in, in a brokenness and say, well, we know what the scriptures say, and we're just going to try to hold to that, and we're going to love you unconditionally no matter what. Right. But as for me and my house, we're going we're to do it this way. We're, yeah, we're just going to follow the scriptures. Again, not condemning. I have, uh, I know people that hold positions, and I love them to death because I don't have to answer for that. Right? Not my, it's not my business. It's not my business. I don't have to answer for it. We're answering the questions. We're answering them biblically. And whether you follow the the Bible biblically or you choose to do what you want to do and follow the the, the pieces of the Bible that you want to follow, however that looks, understand this. God will deal with you because it's between you and him. Me personally, I stand with the scriptures. Best of my ability. Without, Amen. Without apology. Right? Um, yes. Yeah, uh, apology. Yeah, there's just no apology. Not I can't do it because God didn't apologize. <laughs> One of the greatest passages that I love in the scripture, and we'll end on this one. Jesus says, I am the I am. Mm-hmm. Period. Like there's no there's no explaining it, no justification. I am the I am. Surrender. And it's just it's, I'm like, oh my goodness, he he just puts it out there because this is where it is and done. And that's what we're doing. We're just putting it out there because this White is where flag it is. of surrender right there, baby. Right to Jesus, man. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on According to John. I am excited that you were here today. I hope this helped you. If it did, please like, subscribe, share, follow. Share it with someone that you know. Maybe it will help them. Again, not trying to be controversial, just trying to answer the questions best we can that line up with Scripture. I hope you have a wonderful week. God bless you.